Hello, everyone. This is Levi Perigo along with Matthew Gross, and you're listening to the Quiver Archery App Podcast, the show for people that love adventure, archery, and all things outdoors. Today, we're going to be talking about 90% of the hunters on public land. If you're like us, it's more common to simply go for a long hike in the mountains with your bow, or you hear things like, that's why they call it hunting and not harvesting, or I guess you'll be bringing home tag soup for dinner talking about not filling your tags. So today we're joined by two of our good friends and hunting partners, Nick Sparler and Tom Bunn. And just like Matt and I, they're part of the 90% of us backcountry DIY public land hunters that rarely fill our tags. I mean, with an intro like that, you guys got to be pumped, right? You got the, you got the stage. Oh yeah. Well, it's accurate. You can't run from the truth. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just get a little background on y'all and then we'll get started. So, uh, Nick, maybe you want to give us maybe a little bit of your background, how you got into hunting, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Nick. I, so I got into archery first. I knew, I knew that I wanted to hunt. Um, I wanted to hunt for food. I wanted to hunt for the challenge. And so that led me to archery probably around 25 or so years old. Um, and <clears throat> I borrowed a bow from a friend and like he had just had a shoulder surgery. So I had like a good stent. I could borrow it, uh, for a while to really like practice because I also couldn't afford the full setup and everything. Um, so I started practicing, um, I practiced probably for about two years, fairly regularly and, and intensively and really got good. That's how we met. That is how we met. Um, and I, so I, I, I kind of gained a mentor, uh, uh, along the way who's become one of my best friends who is precisely how I met Matt. Um, he's a longtime hunter and, um, I think it, uh, offered me, what he has to offer the world, which is like mentorship and support, uh, for, for this sport, this activity. Um, so anyway, uh, shout out to Frank. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I got into hunting. My first, uh, hunt was an elk hunt in Colorado. Um, technically my first hunt was out of a tree stand. Um, elk hunt, elk, elk, elk hunt out nice. of a tree stand. Um, uh, Sneaking up on them things. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> really, just, really just getting on top of them. Yeah, um, let it rain down. And uh, and then and and I remember my so Frank the aforementioned mentor. He said, "Here's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it out of a tree stand. It was on opener opening day, um, <clears throat> northern Colorado, and uh, the coordinates." Yeah, the, so the coordinates will be in the description. Um, but uh, it's where all the elk are. <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna have a lot of success. So go there, everyone, go there. Um, but uh, but no, we we did that, and and he said before we went out, he said, and we're gonna do that on opener, and um, we might do one or two days out there, and then you're gonna want to hunt the rest of the month. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's like a confident, bold statement. And sure enough, I went up every weekend. <laughs> on my own solo backcountry, pretty risky and dangerously, uh, you know, hunting with little to no experience. So that was my first season. Um, 
And then that year I went and harvested my first whitetail. Um, and then I've harvested a whitetail most years since. Um, and that's it. Mostly just tree, tree stand. Um, but I always pound the ground with these buddies. Yeah, but you're getting out. Oh, yeah. For Oh, elk. I, get, I get out for elk, for deer, uh, here in Colorado, muley. Um, and then uh, Levi and I have some antelope stories oh, we yeah. can share. Uh, we did turkey as well. For sure, turkey. <laughs> um, I've killed a turkey with a bow. And then uh, I've, also, I've always had a bear tag on me uh, in some form or fashion. But We put a few stocks on bears. Yeah, we did. Yep. But anyway, that's my quick. Uh, let's also make it clear that when you were saying it's kind of risky for you to be out there alone, it is also noteworthy to know that you hiked through hiked the Appalachian Trail. Hmm. So you're what I would call a woodsman, even though you're saying, oh, it was kind of sketchy being out there alone. Dude, you just hiked through the AT, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My wife and I through hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2015 um, and uh, all the way through. I would say that that gains me a familiarity on my feet and a willingness to trudge. That's that's about yeah, you, all. You that's hunting, key. You weren't hunting for your animals in the AT. No, no, I was hunting for ramen every couple of days. Yeah. Where's the next Walmart? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, man, awesome. You, you kind of just uh, defeated my intro there, saying that you've killed all those whitetail. That kind of hurts the backcountry DIY not successful like the rest of us here. It's my it's my backup plan. Yeah, right? You like poached those Western like Friday, you? White tail Yeah, and most of those were poached, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Nick, so then uh Tom, give us your kind of overview, background and how you got into hunting. Um so I grew up in South Central PA. What uh, what? Yeah, not far from Matt. That that's <clears throat> Pennsylvania to the rest of you. Yeah, well if you're from PA, you'll know what I mean. Um <laughs> Yeah, grew up a, a rifle hunter, you know, kind of the um, sort of the, the prototypical um, go to hunting camp for the first week of whitetail season with your dad and, and you know, buddies and uh, hunt the same three drainages uh, kind of thing. You know, go sit on the same stump uh, because somebody killed a deer there six years ago <laughs> or something. Right. Um, and it was, it was great. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I had, it was, it was awesome, you know, uh, getting out there at an early age, uh, started hunting when I was 12. Um, and then, uh, after I graduated high school, um, I went and I, I was in the military and, and moved around to some different places and didn't hunt for a while. And then, uh, when I landed here in Colorado, um, I think Matt was, you, you were, you had been here a couple of years or, um, we kind of landed here around the same time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I borrowed, I think I borrowed a bow from you. Like I borrowed one yeah, of my dart and old bows. My dart. And, yeah. Yeah. For the first archery, but we did a rifle hunt too. That's my first rifle. My first elk hunt ever. First time hunting since Pennsylvania was with you on that rifle elk. Hunt. When you shot that cow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So, um, that was I the guess box cutter. The box cutter cow. Be, I got a story will yeah. come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh I think that might have been the year. I, that was around that time was when I you could say that I I uh I got back into hunting. Um this you were still of, actively shoot you were shooting at that time. Yeah, I I am a, a rifle guy, you know, I like guns. <laughs> and uh but 
once I got a bow in my hand and um, I you know got a taste for that, especially um, out in Eastern Colorado, out in the plains, uh, doing some deer hunts out there, I just got pretty much hooked on the on the archery hunting thing. I mean, I still love to shoot long range and things like that, but but uh, yeah, that's where um, I guess that's kind of where I got back into it and and have progressed for. I don't know, the better part of a decade since, since then. And, um, I've filled two tags of a white tail and, and I got a muley this year. Um, great so story. It's, yeah. It's been, uh, it's been great to both on private land, um, in Eastern Colorado though. I'm still chasing that, that public land tag. Which is kind of brings us back to the, the subject matter at, at hand here. Um, but it's been, it's, it's, it's awesome to fill a tag, uh, to know that you can, um, you can put it, put an arrow out there and, and put something down. You know I mean? It's just, it's a, it's, it's a pretty cool feeling, right? I mean, and you guys both have families with kids that you're looking to be able to bring some, um, game home to and, yeah. you know, do that whole raise some hunters too. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. And Tom, so you tell us a little bit more. You were in the military where, what branch were you in? When was that? Uh, I was in the Marine Corps. I enlisted in the Marine Corps after high school. So I enlisted in, uh, 2000 and was in from 2000 to 2005. So, uh, I was in the infantry and, um, we got, we got busy after September 11th and, uh, got to go to a lot of cool places and, and do a lot of cool stuff that was cool for a guy in his late teens and early twenties to do. Um, but, uh, decided to hang that up, um, after a couple of deployments and, and, uh, shoot on one-way ranges. <laughs> one way range. <laughs> so thanks both of you. So when I was kind of thinking about putting this together, I started thinking about the hunts that we have been on. And I was thinking back in 2021, I believe Nick and I, or at least I spent more days alone with Nick than I did my wife for sure. <laughs> and so I started thinking about the different ones that we'd done. So Nick and I have hunted antelope and turkey. Matt and I have hunted elk. Tom and I have hunted elk together. Me, Nick, and Matt have hunted elk together. Me, Nick, Matt, and Tom have hunted elk together. Tom and Nick have hunted elk together. Like, I think we have all been solo or together in every combination for multiple different species. Yeah, and Matt and I usually do a, a white tail trip. Yeah, white tail uh, together. Together. Oh, together. Out in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. So what's I mean, what's kind of cool as you know, being friends and <clears throat> kind of doing hunter partnerships is <clears throat> what is cool about the four of us is we've all hunted together different species. You know, it's not just two of us, it's not three of us. We've all been paired up with different people throughout the way. And I think that says a lot about uh each of us, but I can think you, what it says is we're trying to find that person that we can actually kill something with. And when mm-hmm. that doesn't happen, we just move on to the next person. That doesn't work. And then we just get back together as a group and go, what the hell with it? Let's just, uh, you know, and there, there go is in here, something, go in here with all of us. There is something that has been said that Matt is a, is like a rabbit's foot, uh, at time that Matt, Matt can be a good luck charm, but I think it's time to probably dispel that myth and say that it isn't necessarily true. true. We, we might see animals with Matt. But uh, nobody's killing. <laughs> so I, let's just say, so let's start back maybe, I don't know, maybe the first 
hunt that the four of us did together. I think that was more of, we had like a base camp, uh, where we would kind of meet in the evenings at dark. And then I think it was more Matt and I were paired off during the day and Tom and Nick were paired off during the day. Um, we went to this unit several times, I think. Mm, that was a good number. Several times. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but like we kept drawing us back there because we would see animals like every day, but just we'd yeah. bump them or we couldn't get anything. Don't leave animals fun in. This. <clears throat> That's what they say. That's what we kept saying. <clears throat> But so let's, let's start with maybe that first one. So I'm coming down late. You guys get there. I'm just going to start right out the gate with this. This is, this is how good hunting partners should work. So I'm coming down late, a day late. These guys are all there. They're getting set up. They're in the woods. Can we stop there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're getting there late. Can you, uh, can you dig into that a little bit and tell us what that means? Uh, I'm coming down after work. Uh Uh-huh. And then. What time are you rolling into camp? Like you know, five, so three miles into the back. I, I prefer to be solo. <laughs> and I remember my first time doing that three mile hike solo at midnight. I'm walking in there and I see eyes shining back on my headlamp and a big black body. And I'm like, it's a bear. I'm dead. Definitely dead. <laughs> and then I learned that this particular unit has a bunch of free range cattle. Mm. <laughs> And moo cows, best yes. as we call them. Yeah. They would tend to be the bane of our existence going forward because every time you'd hear them trampling around, you thought it was an elk, but obviously it turned out to be a moo cow. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm hiking in the dark. Um, you know, I arrive usually about one o'clock in the morning, and I try and wake everyone up. But I arrive particularly earlier this night to find out that we're down a bow. So there are now four of us there. Right out of the gate. Here we go. <laughs> I said I'm hitting you straight out the gate, right? This is We don't ask the easy questions here. Let's go for it. <laughs> so I arrived to find out there's four hunters and only three bows for some reason. So, so Nick, maybe can you tell me what happened? I can tell you what happened, yeah. Uh, so we get there. Uh, we get there the day before opener, if I remember right. So we were, we were scouting the first day. We got yeah. to I base mean, camp yeah. for yeah. us. Um, and we were scouting within a mile radius or so where we're camping and it's just popping off. Like it's just like a bugle fest and we're seeing stuff down, you know, down this, uh, from this Ridge. And it's just like, Oh, tomorrow's going to be, it. we're all going to tag out first day, you know, you know, first light. Um, and, uh, and we get to, we, we get back into camp, but right after dark and, uh, we had all situated our stuff already. So the, you know, tents and hammocks and whatever else we were sleeping in all set up, you know, all the. Nick's the hammock guy. <laughs> I was at that, at that juncture. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually a bivy guy uh, since then. Okay. That's what I'm talking um, about. Yeah. But. Uh, Tom was in a hammock then too. Uh, Nick turned me into a hammock. There you go. <laughs> we, we kind of went on a little bit of a hammock <laughs> kick there. I mean, I'm not, maybe I'm not done with it, but um, anyway. Uh, I used my hammock this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whoa, if you get- whoa, 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 whoa. Coming from the dude that has like a five-star trailer with a toilet. He's talking about how, oh yeah, I used a hammock one night. He's a glunter. Yeah. No, no, he, I sat he's a glunter. Day <laughs> <laughs> it's good for midday naps. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> There's a pro tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so we, we, we get back into, 
right after that glassing session and, you know, and then scouting, we get back into camp and it's like, we're all jacked up. Oh man, tomorrow's going to be nuts. You know, we're, we're ready to eat a big meal. We haven't even done any work, you know, it's like, <laughs> and, uh, and Tom's so jacked up and so excited. He's just heavy foot stomping through <laughs> camp that we're going to drop the biggest bowl and, blah, blah, blah. and he drops his foot on my bow, which is situated against a log, I'd like to. I'd like to say. I mean, carefully. Um, I mean, it's a camo bow. It was a. Uh, it was a. It was a black bow. Yeah, so at it's night. a camo bow. It was, night, it was yeah. a camo bow. I mean, we were wearing headlamps, right? Uh, I don't know, Tom. Were you? <laughs> um, but either way, his foot descended upon my my. Uh, it, I think it was my rest actually that ended up taking the hit and, and it's a, you know, a drop away rest. And it was just like snapped, you know, the plastic is like, oh, we're not saving this. So it was just like, Hey, we just like assessed the situation and we just went, all right, we're down a bow. And Tom, to be fair, Tom is a, uh, you know, a, a, a gracious, albeit destructive, uh, <laughs> uh, hunting partner. Um, and, and, let me use this bow. So we were on a five day trip, something like that. And, yeah. and we took turns. I held the bow one day, you held the bow the other day. We, we shot some judos at a log and it made sure like I could shoot it. And it, I, we were, we were on same, same yeah. setup, essentially. You smoked a grouse with that bow, didn't you? So I, I killed, we, we came up on a grouse, grouse a, a cluster of grouse. grouse and, I mean, and, do we not even consider grouse part of the kills anymore like oh i absolutely do this is true i'm out i'm out for elk and grouse season a lot of times you know i i when i thunder chicken when i hear a thunder chicken go off oh man it's just like a bugle to me but anyway i i uh, I see a grouse there's a pin on the map oh yeah and we're shooting oh my god don't even get me started on a pin on the map Uh oh my god we are chasing last light we are chasing a bugle last light mm-hmm. and we st- Tom's like stopping hey this is some fresh sign right here let me pull out my phone and my- like dude this guy is getting away from us hey that's it Levi is the king of pins oh he's yeah, the pin guy yeah you're the yeah, big guy. pin guy you'd appreciate that right um, not when we're cha- we're not marking fresh sign when we're chasing a bugling elk at last well line. I want to okay. give I want to give a we're desperately since, running since we're on hill? the topic of pins <laughs> and if we're going to talk about pins some shit back here <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if we are going to talk about pins though I want to I want to give my strategy and I think everybody's got their own you know everybody's on their own tip when it comes to how they're doing pins and you, I, I think most people are using onyx you know most uh, normal people most yeah. normal people 75 percent of this room a lot of late late adopters but um but still holding way, the line <laughs> um either way my my method in uh in onyx is to do color coding so i've got like a color code system that i use and it's like you know this color means i saw sign and this color means like you know whatever but i i, I only turn them red right when blood is drawn yeah, makes sense I, I think it does that's logical i only have a red grouse pen <laughs> in colorado so far because i was holding, i was holding tom's bow actually technically you might have been holding it that day what we what we did is we found the grouse there were is that when we hiked up the 
Long that long road. Yeah, that yeah, long bear road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah bear, camp. bear alley. Bear yeah. road. Spoon camp. Yeah, yeah spoon right. camp. Up to there spoon camp. Yeah, yeah. But uh but anyway, we got up to this spot. We were all sitting, uh just taking a drink of water or something like that, taking a break after a long uh mile, you know, trudge up a probably fifteen hundred oh, yeah. vertical feet, uh just sprint essentially. Like let's just get there. And we got there, we all just kind of sat down for a minute, take a sip. And then someone was like, grouse, grouse, you know, there's, there's like half a dozen grouse that have flown down and are, you know, pecking at the ground. By the grace of God, we were given food. Oh, and, and Tom, Tom draws back and I think shoots the first one. (laughs) Grouse slaughter. (laughs) Did you name it that? Oh yeah. Like give everyone the coordinates here. He's he's (laughs) pulling up Onyx right now, showing the red grouse named Grouse Slatterhouse. But, uh, but Tom, I think I, if I remember right, Tom takes the first one and gets it in the body dead and then basically like throws the bow at me. <laughs> I pull back the bow, shoot the second. And these we're are, going, these going, are judos. Uh, yeah. we're full brought in. No, we're going judos. On we're this. Brought in, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> burning through them. See what we do is in the quiver, we have four judos and one broadhead. <laughs> The way we hunt. It's always good to have lots of tools in your quiver. That's right. Um, but uh, but anyway, he throws me the bow. I take a shot. Headshot on a grouse Ow. with a buddy's bow, 33 yards. Okay. Yeah. And then I toss it back to Tom and he kills another one. <laughs> we bag them all up. We were tagging up. out. We bag them all up. We, Meanwhile, we I'm looking them. for elk. About- we uh, had I'm throwing bugles over here, making something worthwhile. Yeah, we had tacos that night at camp. I think that is... I think there was a challenge thrown out. Yeah, I think before we had tacos, there was other grouse consumed. There was a grouse challenge thrown out of, I bet you won't eat that heart. Mm. I believe, Nick, it was still pumping when you ate that thing. (laughs) Yep. Well, it was hot. It was hot. The ticker was ticking. I got a photo of that here. Man, I still feel energy off that. Like, you know, you go to a gas station, get a five-hour energy. If you could just, like, raise grouse, you know, and... Bottle those hearts. Good night. Hey, you might, might be on to something. Okay. Grouse yeah. hearts. Yeah, I'm going to start farming them. Yeah, that's good. I mean, anyway. we, we, we might to not be killing a lot while we're out there, but I do want to make it clear that we are putting in the energy and the time. Mm-hmm. We, we are. As evidenced by true cowboys out there. Oh my Actually. gosh. I forgot about that. That was the next year. We'll come back. <laughs> okay, to okay. That was the next fair, year. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that I mean, one. There's no sitting around camp and. Uh, not getting after it. We are getting after it, which we've come to the conclusion after maybe a, a decade of this that maybe getting after it is our problem. Maybe we should just be Dude, sitting around. That maybe, maybe. Some may say we're hammering, yeah. right? Uh-huh. But I remember that was this was the next year when it was Tom, Nick, and I, two years later maybe. We're out there. We're same area. 10, 10, 10 miles in for the day, and we see these guys packing out, and we're like, man, man tell us your story. What happened? And then two of these guys, also from PA. Nice quote what? fingers. You can't hear that over the audio. They, they say loud in person. Pennsylvania. <laughs> they say, yeah, man, we just hiked a mile in here, sat down on the trail, threw a cow call and ate a snack, and two bulls walked out right in front of us. Dropped them. They both tagged out. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so maybe we're obviously doing something wrong. But let me let me go back. So we have this story. Tom, would you like to rebuttal and tell us your side of what happened on the bow break, the alleged bro bait gate. I mean, I stomped on Nick. <laughs> but I will say that as soon as I did that, 
I mean, that's definitely the, the worst I felt that entire trip. Mm. It was it was bad. Mm. We hugged it out. Yeah. It's all good. You were sullen for a little while. And I would have been too. Because yeah, I'm just mean, like, I mean. The energy was just at an all-time high at the moment. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was what Everyone's it was. Everyone's like, We're about to all kill Elk. Yeah, like we're, like we're, we're, we, we might as well have been like jumping around high-fiving. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was like, it was like a little league soccer. Game, I mean, I you know, think like, it was a high five you were coming down from <laughs> when you left. Hey, now, what I will say is that the, uh, the bow was, was laying. Uh, uh, okay. Here we uh-huh. go. Precarious. I mean, it was, it was leaning against, against a tree. A log. A log. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the middle of camp, some may say. Yeah. Uh, you know, centralized. I mean, it was, I'd say. Yeah. I think, you know, um, Maybe a lesson we all learned there was, uh, you know, um, hang a bow. We don't set a bow on the ground. Yeah. I know. I've bow hanger. since. I've actually been such a bow hanger <laughs> oh since that oh, I've left it in camp when we drove out to a different spot <laughs> to take off from. Oh, yeah. Where's uh, your bow? That, you, you forgot your whole bow? That was the three of us. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the three of us. That was Tom, Nick, and Levi. We, I was on that last day. We had a base camp, and we drove to another spot to go from there, and we were <laughs> We arrive, we get out, we start getting ready to go. And Nick's like, I, f- I forgot my bow. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So I got a late start. You guys went up one whole side of a yeah. of an area we were trying to get in. But this worked out good. And then I went in the other side. And we're talking maybe three, four, or five miles apart, something like yeah. that. And then we kind of sort of like came back together at the end. It was like, it's like art. Oh. It, it really is. It's ballet. Besides the animals, it's like art. <clears throat> yeah. I think hanging, did you, is... After that year, is that when you got the uh, the hooks? Is it marsupial who makes those things? Well, that's for that's for when you're like glassing and you're standing. Um, and I yeah, I stand by those. They're amazing. I yeah. love yeah, stringing it up. They're and, solid yeah. for sure. Uh, this, you're just apparently you're not going to let the bow sit. <laughs> it doesn't sit on the ground at all. Yeah, yeah. No. Even if you're hunting solo. Well, I, I, I'm paranoid I, about stepping. Anytime, on my own anytime stuff like that happens, I have this like special whip I hit my back with. At night. <laughs> uh, you know that I gotta. Darn you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Bad boy. Bad, bad Nick. Yeah. But that wasn't the only thing that you forgot. Uh, on a uh, Nick, you know Levi, and Matt elk hunting trip. Are we Are we just talking about stuff that's broke <laughs> and been forgotten? We sit down for lunch and this we start talk. We huh? start. We start hiking. I don't know, fifteen minutes or so. Uh-huh. Nick, most Nick com- probably most commonly uh, misplaced, forgotten item. I would say, right. So I feel like it's touted as that. We stop for, I never take mine off. Uh-huh. Thanks to you. We, 15 minutes, 15 minutes later, Nick's like, I, I left my release where we were eating lunch. <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes in the Whispers middle of nowhere. Whispers it. And it's a wrist release? It's a wrist, yeah. Yeah, okay. We said, Nice well, buckle on it. Guess you're shooting, <laughs> a, guess you're shooting fingers. <laughs> Yeah, Levi lets me go like probably, I don't know, another hour. Tells me it's in his cargo pocket. <laughs> yeah. As, again, these are good hunting buddies. Yeah, see? That's I important. mean, my point to the beginning was, right, Nick's bow gets beat up for the whole trip. Tom ends up sharing his bow with him. Like, you need to have good people around you, even if you're not successful, like we usually aren't. Like, just having good people around you makes, makes a huge difference. Mm. So let's talk maybe a little more about some of the times we've worked together or haven't i know that i can always say i think all four of us have always said to each other even when we're not hunting man if you get something call me i'll be there in a minute i'll help you pack out 
Like, I know everyone has said that. It's easy um, to say that because I know that you guys aren't going to get something. So <laughs> throw it out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're eight hours away. Don't worry. I'll yeah, be there in a minute when you get something. <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, there's other, there's many examples of this, but, you know, Nick and I have antelope hunted several times uh -huh. when one of us didn't have a tag, uh -huh. right? And we're just driving uh, around helping the other person. When you never had a tag. <laughs> one of us. And... And vice versa, like Tom and I, we were hunting in adjacent units, but then we would switch, right? And I would go help call for him for a day and he'd come help yeah. call for me for a day and, you know, giving up our limited resources. But, you know, the idea is having good people around you, whether you're successful or not, is is part of it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be on this adventure or journey. So um, you might as well embrace that and put some people in your life around you that you want to be with make those memories yeah which we've done i so, mean we've never set out i mean that's the, i guess that's the definition of adventure right you you don't set out for that you set out for a, a destination and along the way you find adventure we've never set out of like hey let's make sure we have a fun time while we're hunting mm -hmm. we just go hunting and we have a fun adventure you know oh, yeah find ourselves in the midst of and i think that's i mean that's at least 50 percent of the joy for me well do, levi you're you're so spot on when it comes to surrounding yourself with, you know, good people and good partners and getting out there and like that, that takes trust, you know? And, and I also think like this doesn't get talked about enough, but if we're talking about DIY hunting, if we're talking about late onset, you know, uh, adult onset hunting, uh, it's like, dude, it can be intimidating. It can be intimidating because a lot of people have been doing it. it seemingly everybody's been doing it longer than you. Right. And they're always successful and they're, yeah. And they're successful and it's, it's shrouded in a lot of mystery naturally, you know, don't want to give up spots, don't want to give up techniques sometimes and, you know, whatever. So it, it, there can be this barrier. Um, and, and I think it takes courage to find people that you're willing to go and do this with. Yeah, be and vulnerable, like, Hey, how absolutely. Do I do that? And I, I think maybe part of that issue is not to point the finger at something or someone else, but like, a lot of pro shops aren't the friendliest, aren't inviting, you know, like yeah. come on in and ask me all your questions, you know, which is something we need to change about the archery industry. I agree. Um, yeah. It's hard to raise your hand in class kind of thing. Cause you'll get made fun of, of what do you mean? You don't know, yeah. you know, what you want here. What I, I think, I think what a good, fletchings you need on your air. A, a good you know. pro shop invites you in and, and helps you, you know, and, and they want you to not just like, you know, buy something but but they want you to be a successful uh steward uh, of the land of the sport stuff like that because we all are a good group of hunters is someone that uh supports you and <clears throat> accepts that vulnerability and doesn't uh you know shame you for it or put you down for it but like embraces it yeah. you know what i mean and this this group has been well yeah, and Amazing. I think the other key component here is is um, a level of grit. That's right. You know, I mean, it it definitely takes. We 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 joke about it. I think you have to remain. You have to be good humored about not filling a tag year after year, <laughs> um, or else it would just be. I mean, there's a lot of people who just give up. There's, they go for a year or two or three or four, and they're like, "This is crazy. I'm out. I'm just I'm taking time off work. I'm spending money. I'm away from my family. I'm I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm training in the summer." Um, put all this effort in <clears throat> and then, um, if, <laughs> if all you're doing is going out in there and getting, and getting beat up, um, not filling a tag, um, and then you throw on top of it, 
if you're doing it solo without a good group of people or worse than that, I think you're mm-hmm. hunting with, with other, other hunters that are kind of thrown in the towel after half a day when it's wet, wet or, or, um, you know, the, the they got blisters on their heels or, or whatever the case is, um, or they just don't feel like hunting, then it's, um, it's, they get throw off everything. Who, who's going to stick with that? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a much harder proposition. Um, so the, uh, Hunting, I know for me, hunting with, with a group of guys that's had, um, you know, can just after a few minutes laugh about their bow being broke, yeah. <laughs> um, or trudge through with like, I don't know how I would describe the bruise that was on your leg, <laughs> but blacker than I mean, midnight on a moonless night, maybe is a good way to <laughs> forgot about that. Little adventure we had. It looked, it looked yeah. purposeful. <laughs> that uh, was uh, that was uh, <laughs> Matt, Nick, and Levi elk hunting, and we were backcountry backpack hunting. Uh-huh. And there was a bunch of deadfall, so we had to walk on top of them. And so I yeah. had a I don't know thirty five, maybe a forty five forty pound backpack, and I slipped off of a deadfall and landed right on my hamstring. And uh, it was it was. Touch and go there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't he didn't he didn't hold back though. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I, I went my first aid kick and made a little uh, cocktail of <laughs> everything I had in there to see if it would help. And we just we kept on kept on going. Your mood really improved <laughs> a, a, after that. Yeah. But not everybody's gonna do that. Talkative. And uh I know I know I appreciate it. I think that's probably what a lot of hunters uh, look forward to in September, October, December, whatever, you know, whatever your preferred season is. But yeah, just kind of getting back together, you know, getting the band back together, sort of a yeah, sort of yeah. a thing, right? You know, like you just know these are these are guys that um we, we can go sometimes uh in in non-hunting seasons for you know weeks or maybe a couple of months without having any real communication with each other. But yeah. it's like, you know, application seasons applications open up and we start talking about, you know, who's got points where and what we're gonna try to do this year, you know, it's just sort of it's just there's a familiarity there that comes through the past adversity i think that we've faced together right yeah. you know, stand shoulder to shoulder so to speak and i think that's uh not to get too deep you know but i think that's something that's really missing in our in our culture at large right you know hopefully it don't sound misogynistic but you know men <laughs> standing shoulder to shoulder out uh doing you know facing tough things um yeah we're doing it voluntarily like we don't have to kill an elk to feed our family necessarily um but uh but it's luckily, luckily, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like King Super. I got a Costco card. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's cool with the four of us is, you know, when we're saying, uh, you know, September, who's going where? What weeks can we go? What weekends can we go? That's why it always ends up being a random assortment of, you know, the four of us mix and match with with yeah. whoever. But like, and it, we all have similar passions and abilities and we all study all year round and you know the cool thing is kind of what nick was saying earlier is we all kind of came up together as far as knowledge base and experience in the hunting field and so i i I hunt alone you know i think all of us do from time to time and i really like that but by far the most special memories i have are when you're with other people that's when you remember the most for sure 100 percent, yeah and so i think and all of us being similar in the way that we hunt. So, you know, I'd say we generally like to hammer, right? And so, for example, uh, this is a Matt, 
Nick and Levi's story. We are hunting elk and we get all the way to the edge of this unit. And of course, there's three bulls bugling about 50 yards onto private. Mm -hmm. And we're trying everything that we can. We're trying to bring them over onto public to figure out anything that we can do. (laughs) Eventually, we're starting to give up and we see uh, Nick. What was it like a rancher going through here? I'm not sure if it was a rancher it's, it's or like a, it's like a Monty Python sketch where you just said this. <laughs> uh, uh, he like, came out of nowhere. Like, is, is that a horse? I actually think he was dropping a camp for for someone later in a maybe later in a season because uh, he had a couple like pack a, horses with I, him. He he yeah. had a couple of yeah mules or something well, with we, him. We were like seven eight miles back in there. Yeah, from the oh, from easily. the truck. Yeah. yeah, from the truck. Yeah, easily. And, uh, as the crow flies, probably yeah, like yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, what are y'all doing back here? Uh, you, you boys are healthy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We said, well, that he said that after we told him where we were coming from, like where we had walked from, he's like, oh, you boys are, uh, healthy. We asked where we're coming from. <laughs> and then he was like, you could see he was confused. And he's like, why'd you come out there? How, how did you get here? We're like, walk. And he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't from around here, is you? I yeah. one of my one of my favorites is uh, actually in this not too far from that spot. We all ended up. Um, there's a road that was like a some kind of forestry clearing, and it was all four of us. And we had like done this big, well, whatever. We, we split up into groups of two, and we're picking through some <clears throat> some uh, thick thick timbers and we had this spot that we were going to meet, which turned out to be this big long logged out road. We got there and we saw a bear <laughs> walking up the road. How you lunch? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We got there. We were unpacked for starting to eat lunch. And all of a sudden it was like bear and, and Tom had no Nick. Had, well, I know Nick had a tag. Maybe okay. I did too. Anyways, we went into like <laughs> bear ambush. Yeah. Bear ambush mode, which is like, it was sort of the opposite of all of our other hunting modes that I can think of. We were just like, sort of like this weird mix of <clears throat> the bear will come to us. We're sort of eating lunch. We'll just sit here and watch it happen. We stayed there and ate. I think you, Tom and Nick went down after it, right? Oh, we yeah. Went, yeah. We went a little bit further down the road, like towards where the bear was coming and, and we set up and I mean, he never, he probably, he turned off somewhere way far away from us, you know, well out of archery range, I think. Um, but yeah, but so far all of these all of these stories we're talking about all are unsuccessful in the sense of harvesting. Yeah. Right? But on the yeah. other hand of that, we're we've been in elk every single day. Right? I mean, that's what keeps us fired up. We'll Almost. hear a bugle, we'll be chasing something. Our last year together, the three of us in that same unit area, we struck out a couple days, but that was the first time in that unit that we hadn't seen something every single day, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And the last 20 minutes of that season was the kind of hunting that will keep you coming back for the next 10 years. Oh, that's right. Seeing, oh, seeing yeah. a, a rack through the, through the trees, like a ghost. Yeah. It's just, it's just like they're, you know, for, for 10 hours and 10 miles, there's nothing. And then all of a sudden there is, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, that's, uh, that's, that's the stuff, right? We're yeah. set up in a triangle kind of doing a calling sequence and I'm trying to, you know, a good, good kind of pro tip for the uh, listeners 
Uh, make sure you have your signals down because I'm signaling to these guys, you know, bull over here, how far away? And they're just like still doing the same calls, doing whatever. And then we end up moving on and we see a different bull, right? Uh, Tom, you saw one down after that, right? Yeah, bigger, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, and but that a couple of days before that, remember we went over to the, the <clears throat> other place and there was, we were fighting that bull on private again. Remember yep. we were trying to bring it yep. back onto public. And, you know, that's one of the the things that we and I'm sure a lot of people struggle with is when you're on public, they all seem to be on private. Mm -hmm. And it's just so hard to get look, them to come I back. mean, the public that we're on there is massive. I mean, it's got to be, I mean, relatively, it's, I don't know, a 20 miles by 20 mile. Oh, whatever. Big, big Tens of thousands of acres. Yeah. yeah and then and we're searching everywhere, searching everywhere. And all of a sudden we hear them and we go to where they're <clears> at and we end up, they're over on private. Uh, and we're doing, I think what most people do is we're very conscientiously trying to choose our spots, yeah. you know, like based on, you know, all the different attributes of the land and based on the proximity from roads. And we're trying to, you know, take all these factors and everybody's doing that. A lot, of, land. A lot of East County. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's got pro. Map sniffing. <laughs> yeah. They can see a game trail here. Goodness. Oh, and it's like you're there, yeah. you know, behind that screen or that whatever. Scroll back the time to, to snowfall on the ground. Yep, there's some tracks. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's where they are. Yeah. Turns out the herd moves after winter. Oh yeah. Levi found that out. <laughs> Chasing me. Yeah. I said Johnson pins. But I mean, that led you to more eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what just keeps everyone coming back is we're always seeing them and, you know, it just depends how you measure your success, right? Is it mm -hmm. always going out and harvesting something? And, you know, I think for us, it's clearly the goal every single time. I mean, most of us train all year round for that. Well, some of us train all year round for that. <laughs> I'm always going into season saying, Hey, I ran this many miles. I did this much training. I did weights. And then Tom says, I ate donuts. Mm -hmm. And he's still beating me up every mountain, every time. But so just being together with, you know, you want to get like-minded people that are, you know, training the year, they're getting ready for the season, whatever it may be. Um, and like for antelope. Okay. So Nick and I have done several antelope, archery I antelope think, hunts. I think Tom wore his pack out rucking this year around his Yeah, he did. By the way. He's mm -hmm. completely changed. I've done that a few, few uh, years. Yeah. A few years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if any of you have the never done a, a spot and stock, <laughs> a spot and stock archery antelope hunt <clears throat> in Colorado, it's one of the harder things to do, right? Most I people, mean, yeah. If you, if you if if you hate yourself, I actually recommend it because it it, it's. Yeah, I mean, if you define hard by will you get something, it's sort of equally hard. Yeah, equally hard. Uh, physically, not as hard. It's uh -huh. more safari style, driving around, seeing something, getting out, putting a stock on them. Yeah. Um. Or you could see something and then drive towards it mm -hmm. and and try and get close to it, you know, because so you can see for a long way. We were seeing probably 40 antelope a day, right? But you can never get within 100 yards of these things. And we're talking bucks. Oh, yeah. It, the, when we're going out, we're, we're going out um, usually around opener, which is August 15th in Colorado. So you get the chance to get the jitters out for uh, deer and elk season. For sure. Two weeks before anything kicks off, so it, that's one of the reasons I love it. It's harder than anything, and it's earlier than anything. You got to practice really long shots. It's hotter than Hades' underbelly, and it's flatter than anything you'll ever hunt for elk and deer. 
and uh in colorado at least uh western hunt and uh i've never been have you antelope yeah i haven't it's it's an experience it's it's the the reason i think that i love it is because it the action almost never stops like Mm -hmm. it is it is there's one how can we make a play on this one and it's strategy. You're playing chess all day. Every now and then we're we're driving, trying to spot another one, and, and we get some good windshield time and talk and shop and whatever it might be. But like it is almost back to back to back to back stocks. Yeah. You know, we a yeah. good day, we put in 10 stocks, like quality mm-hmm. stocks <laughs> on like closing distance, maybe not much <laughs> distance and maybe big numbers, <laughs> but uh goodness it's it it's a fun hunt i think it's actually an overlooked entry level hunt Hmm. you're probably not going to be successful with a bow but to get out and do it yeah you're doing something that most people aren't doing with a bow you're getting out there earlier than most people are getting out and you're putting yourself in a place where you are what i would always refer to and you know people who actually play baseball say like this is not a good way to do it but like swinging the weighted bat so that when it's time to actually step up to the plate, it's like you've yeah. you've like been there and you've been you've already been putting in the reps and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. that was my issue at baseball. You're not supposed to swing away to bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they say that now. Yeah, I mean, that was it. But it also comes back to you have some ethical decisions you got to do in there, right? Because you may get 90 yards mm. to an antelope, and you got to think, man, I've been shooting at 100, but 90's pushing it. Yeah, and so that obviously is going to translate to you know the elk woods as well. But can we can we give one of our secret tips away? Because it worked for something else. So so Nick and I created uh, <laughs> trademark the Jeremiah Johnson style mm. of attack. Mm-hmm. And if any of you have seen the movie <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson, right? What's the quote on there? You remember? Uh, he's like he's hiding behind this horse and he's hunting these elk, and the one guy's like, "Man, they're gonna know that we're behind behind there." And the guy's like, "Man, elk don't know any." legs a horse has and so what we decided is we would do the jeremiah johnson where i drive and the elk will look at me driving and then i'll drop nick off and then i just keep driving and they're just kind of watching me go by in the meanwhile nick is over there stalking i i want to i'm sorry levi (laughs) let me stop you again (laughs) i want to just specify you're driving a jeep rubicon most years okay most years we're referring to at least and uh I am hanging on to the uh, the starboard side of a of a of a Jeep Rubicon. One hand on a bow, one hand on the top rack, feet on the on on the plate. Broadhead knocked. Broadhead knocked. Oh yes, we are going in the back. Oh yes. <laughs> Because no, we're not on a road, we're not on a trail, we're just straight in the grass. We are on, we are off road, you know, <laughs> yeah, grass, cactus, all of it. And uh, we're running 20 miles an hour at our peak, uh, maybe, and just really trying to <laughs> catch. to kill you. No, <laughs> not enough to tuck and roll, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but we're we're trying to capture the attention of these speed goats, as they call them. Uh, really, just divert their attention there. All the while, when we get close enough, the idea is to just I'm just adding a layer of uh, of nuance to to what you inaccurately described. 
uh, I jumped from the from the jeep. I mean, I got it where I didn't really need to slow down. No, we had a pretty good system. Yeah. Uh, it was but, fine for me. Was yeah, it like a a knock knock on the yeah. On there, the we, oh, oh, his window is down. We're face to face. Knock knock. We're, we're, we're twelve inches away from our, our noses are almost touching. Right. Uh, it's a very intimate moment, and we're we're talking pretty pretty closely. Uh, and you know, we're coordinating. All right, here I go, jumping off, and then it's feet on the ground. All the way down. Prone down. Yeah, you're prone. <laughs> and you're crawling, immediate belly crawling. Straight is cactus every yeah, single time. Push your every hand, every, yeah, time. every hand <laughs> touches a cactus. But you push through because that's going to be the stalk that gets you. That's right. I mean, I, I, our one shot that we got off together as a, as a pair, uh, it wasn't quite that strategy that led us to, to the shot opportunity, but. I crawled, what would you say that was like two or 300 yards total, but, but it's a mixture, right? So it's like when, as soon as the antelope pronghorn for the thinking man, uh, gets over a hill yeah. or gets over yeah. a sagebrush, yeah. I stand up and start sprinting until I have line of sight with it again. And then I drop again. Right. So it's like these quick bursts of closing the distance. You don't do this with deer. Mm. You don't do, uh, you may do it with elk in the right situation, but it's just like it, you just don't get that kind of hunt in the West unless it's on the plains with a pronghorn, which basically has like a binoculars for eyeballs. <clears throat> and uh yeah so it's like quick closing the distance and then crawling the rest wasn't there a, a time where the driving across the <clears throat> the plains wasn't smooth sailing uh no i think it was mostly a, no no, no, no what he's talking just, about. yeah uh, i believe what he potentially could be referencing is we see this what i would call a herd of mm -hmm. pronghorn too and we are trying to get <laughs> close to them cutting the distance so we can do the jeremiah johnson so I'm zooming across there and there happens to be what would be a drainage ditch. I don't know. What would it be? And it just happens to be. It's a perpendicular two track. It, it happens to be perpendicular. And so, you you know, if you hit them just two wheels at the same time, you would have ramped, you know, and it would have been fine. But when you hit like one wheel and then the next wheel, like a second later, going above average speed for off road. Let's keep it there. Let's keep the story at that level. And, uh. Yeah, this potentially bad things can happen to passengers inside of there holding a bow in their front lap. Holding bow, no seatbelt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arrow is not knocked, though. No so, knock. I mean, come on. No knock. What are we, savages? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, so what are, What was your, what did you, um, how successful would you, would you uh, rate the technique of, Using basically the vehicle for cover, right? Like the antelope see the vehicle and they kind of keep focused on that and not the hunter. What, what was your experience with that? Honestly, it's a pretty surefire way. It, it's got to be yeah. the right setup, just like elk, right? It's like yeah. setup is almost everything. Yeah. You know, you see a bull, but you got to get a good setup going, usually with a buddy or with a collar spot or whatever. But uh, but it's like if it's the right move and you can you can get close enough, they'll freeze like for a moment they'll freeze and they'll kind of like see like oh there's a car coming you know so i would say pretty successful one of the things that i i learned when going into my first antelope hunt which was completely uh i i think it was you and i on my first antelope hunt so we kind of like cut our teeth together and there wasn't like uh someone mentoring us and we, we'd heard from guys that had done it but it was like yeah try this you know and and we just went for it uh, yeah. hammered um, I mean, 
And uh, one of the things I had heard is white, like the color white will set them off and it'll, it'll push them. Like they're, they're keyed up when they see the color white for some reason. I think it's because the, the rump is white. So they, I think they see another one coming or they see one moving in or something like that. Um, but what a lot of people will do is on these like grid roads, like out, out on the plains is like oil country and stuff, right? There's just grid roads mile by mile by mile. Yeah. And someone will go on the, let's say the <clears throat> Northern side of one of those squares, postage stamp kind of squares, and they'll walk in with like a white shirt on, like straight up, just walk South from the North spot and drive them, do like a deer drive, straight up drive. essentially to <laughs> push them to the South side. With and a if, Hanes t-shirt on. With a, with a, just <laughs> a Hanes, <laughs> with a white <Safe> beater. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> in the wind. and, and, and you, you just have a, a couple of guys set up on the South side and hope they, so you thought, to you. you thought it was, it was, it was pretty effective. The car thing? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean... It's called the Jeremiah Johnson. The Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson. Johnson. See, I didn't know it was patented as a Jeremiah Johnson. Trademark Ricky Bobby Inc. Yeah. We uh, we also... Matt and I did it on a turkey uh, this no past way. year. Yeah, we did the Jeremiah Johnson. I didn't Johnson see the, I didn't the Jeremiah yeah, Johnson. Did. I didn't that's see a, the, that's a story for another day. But we, we did it. I didn't see the royalties roll in for that. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of confused. Uh, well, the reason, the reason I asked the question was because the... So the mule deer that I got this year, mm -hmm. I was hunting with my wife's cousin. Um, and this was in Eastern Colorado as well. Um, uh, similar terrain to where you guys are, you know, doing these antelope hunts. Wait, just so people understand the terrain, Nick and I are antelope hunting in two days. We do not see a single tree. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it is completely plain. Yeah, not area. No, I mean, not an exaggeration. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's similar. There's the, the area that I'm, that I'm in for this mule deer hunt is it's very similar. There's, there's a little more topography, micro terrain, what I would call it, you know, sand hills, um, there are, there are some trees here and there, you know, at like an old, like a homestead or, or in a, in a, you know, a drainage, a drainage where there's water some years, you know, kind of stuff, but it's pretty sparse. Um, but we were doing the same thing. We, uh, I was, I was passenger, um, my hunting other hunting buddy, um, my wife's cousin, uh, he was, he was driving and we passed, a mule deer that was standing uh off the road and we drove by him once and we're like oh that's that's a deer was chasing you know and um so we drove up the road and then uh talked about it for a minute came back and this was our this was our play it was like well we're gonna jeremiah johnson it essentially thank right thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh i hopped out of the truck um, maybe we didn't execute as well. I mean, this was my first time. It was, it was on the fly, you know? Um, but it could be better. The pressure was the truck did not, we do a, we do a training oh, nice. course. It's two ninety nine. Yeah. It, we'll, we'll get you. Yeah. We'll get okay. you square. Is there an online course? Master yeah, class absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I jumped out, uh, and he continued down the road and, and it was hard to tell at first if the deer was looking at me or the truck because of the, you know, the angle between the, the deer and, and my, and, and the truck I jumped out of. He was fixed on me. Like he knew that I had <laughs> he knew something he just, happened. He just did a Jeremiah Johnson on me. <laughs> like I've seen this trick before. So maybe you guys had run across him. I don't know. <laughs> um but uh that luckily, the one you ended up getting? That's the one I got. Nice. Yeah. That's one I did get him. But it was um there was there was some bushes that uh it was more of a like shrubbery that I was just I was crouched down on one knee and I waited him out. And the first time I ranged him, he was like I think one of two or something like that. 
And then, uh, which we've been practicing. We, you were practicing. I don't think I shot a hundred. Would you go 90? Yeah, we did 90 for sure. Uh, I'm positive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For okay. sure. Um, which was a hundred percent Kentucky windage for me. I had no pin. Or yeah. Yeah. You don't have an idea. Yeah. You don't have a dial. Like, yeah. I don't care yeah. about this arrow. Bye. Yeah. You're still, <laughs> you're still dialed though. Um, earlier in the day, I had uh, the, the day where I, I was encountered this mule deer, I had shot at 75. And I knew the top of my bubble level was, was about there. So I was pretty confident in that. Um, but yeah, the second time I ranged him, he was at 83 and he stood broadside. The sun was shining. There was no wind. I felt good. We've been hammering soda cans at 80 yards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so soda can challenge. Yeah, it is. Hashtag. So I let that one fly and, uh, he, uh, it turned out to be a, it was, it was a good shot. It was passed through. Um, he went about 125 yards and piled up. So the Jeremiah Johnson, I guess. Is the reason you killed them. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what it comes back to. Honestly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Do this for elk. (laughs) Let's work it into the elk strategy. Maybe. Fresh elk next to the road. Yeah. I would say, so maybe just a couple more things. So other than the time that Nick almost died riding in the Jeep when we hit the, uh, drainage ditch there Mm -hmm. i almost matt nick and i were elk hunting and i almost saw nick die again uh do you remember that matt so we're calling elk i hear a bugle so i go chase and i'm coming one direction uh nick and matt are going another direction matt is the caller elk uh nick is going to be the shooter oh yeah do you remember what happened from there well from what i recall um, Nick could not identify the objects that were necessarily in front of him mm-hmm. in this thick brush that we were in. And, Very thick. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was probably what, 20, 15, 20 yards behind you. Mm-hmm. And I was standing up on deadfall cause it was, I mean, it was deadfall city, mm-hmm. super thick. I think Tom, Tom was there. Yeah, right? I mean, that, that was, I, yep. and, um, yeah, I was calling and Nick was sort of looking back at me for guidance on where I saw the animal or didn't see the animal here. And he, the, the elk at this point had sort of gone quiet and I saw the elk pop through this window and just start like walking straight forward. Then I see Nick pop up and walking straight forward as well. And I'm thinking he's about to get gored. <laughs> this elk is going to kill Nick, not Nick kill the elk. <laughs> What an honor to, to, it would be yeah. to go out that way. Fair game. Cause I was, I branched off and went after a different bugle, maybe 60, 70 yards away, which ended up being a spike, which in Colorado is illegal to kill a spike. So as I'm coming back to see this, I'm witnessing the same thing as this elk going straight for Nick. I mean, we're talking five yards. Yeah. I still, to this day, I, was, I, I think they're making this up. I never put eyes on well, this elk. I just, I'm like, I'm like, Nick's got a strategy that I am excited to see employed because he's got a broadhead just in his hand. Yeah, he's just ready. He's going for the blade kill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is going to be an amazing kill. So I was pumped. I was like, he's obviously got this figured out because he's not Punch stopping. The, the elk's not stopping. Here we go. Turns out he never saw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't think the, I don't know if the elk ever saw you. I just think, I don't know what the end of the, that interaction was. I remember, I remember him running downhill. So like like, like two ships passing in the night. Yep. 
we regrouped and he was like, man, thing just disappeared out of nowhere. I was like, you just about walked into its brow tines, man. Like, yep. Yep. Man. All right. Let's, let's wrap up here. So I want to thank Nick and Tom for being on the show. And, and the main thing that we're trying to kind of express here is, you know, DIY public land backcountry hunting is, is what we enjoy doing. We're obviously not very successful on it, but I think that very much depends on how you measure success. So from what you've heard us talking about <clears throat> the lifelong bonds that we've created, you know, the joy that we've experienced in the woods and just being in the nature, I think that, you know, says a lot for hunting in general and, and how it brings everyone together. Um, Nick, Tom, any last words? I'm, I'm super excited for everything that's going on with quiver. And, uh, I mean, we didn't even really talk about too much about the technology and all the solutions coming. It's, it's thrilling. Yeah. Love. Tom said, you know, partway through there we're hunting buddies and, you know, we see each other in our daily lives through our families, community, whatever faith throughout the months, weeks, year. But there are stretches where we go without seeing each other. And then hunting season comes around and we're all back, you know, the band's back together, so to speak. But if we had that community where we were a platform, a social platform, not a you know, Facebook kind of platform, but a platform that was dedicated to like, What's your progress? What's your, you know, data on your shots and your archery? What, when you've been shooting and what your groups look like? How, many, how many donuts have you been eating? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got the rucking. How many, how many miles have you rucked in your neighborhood with your kids in your back? Mm -hmm. You know, if we had that, I mean, outside of getting to see each other's stats, I guarantee we'd actually connect more somehow. Yeah. You know, which I'm excited about for the Quiver app. Too. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm honored to, uh, to be a part of this. It's my first podcast. So this is pretty fun. Um, and I think the other, you know, my, a, a parting thought, if, if we want to put it like that is, um, it seems hard because it's hard, you know, it's not, there's nothing easy about this. And, and I think that's the, uh, I think that's a challenge that we all love and getting together with some guys who are, who are, uh, who are looking for that same kind of thing. Um, it really just, I don't know, that, that fires me up. I love it. Yeah. And I can tell a, one more story about Matt, but it could be about any of us here. So one of our elk hunting stories from this year, uh, I mean, we're going in it all day. It's hard right from the beginning. It starts right. snowing. Oh, yeah. This is September in Colorado. Like it never rains. Right. And we're talking sleeting, which turns into snowing. And first thing, first thing out of the gate, it's just pouring down rain and cold, but we still get out there. You know, I'm wearing, you know, a six ounce shell that is like made for trail running. Right. And Matt has full waterproof gear on and we are out there. Minus my boots. Mm. Yeah. Our feet were soaked no matter yeah. what, <laughs> but I don't have waterproof pants. Uh, I just have literally a six ounce shell that is like made for trail running. And this is all day in the backcountry in the woods, just getting sleeted on and snowed on. And we are freezing. We're finally, 10 mile day. Yeah. The standard 5, thing. It is a rough day. Elevation. We're, we're getting close. We're almost done, right? We are within sight of the truck we, we for the see day. The truck for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're like, man, this is rough. We haven't seen a single thing all day. It's just exhausting. I have been shivering all day long. We literally can see the truck and we hear a bugle and we immediately 
turn and go right back up the mountain Started chasing running. Matt Newell. There wasn't a conversation about it. It, it was wasn't like, like yeah, run. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the point is, I think close the distance. Any of us would do. That's that's what we do, mm-hmm. right? We're out there, no matter how bad we're suffering, no matter how bad the day is. Just one event like that. And all of us would change everything and just get right back after it. And that's why I think we can all work together so well. And that's what hunting does for us. Mm. 100%. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Quiver Archery App Podcast, where we are helping you enhance your archery adventures. <laughs>